Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backheel Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we are diving into the third and final part of our 2024 MLS season previews. Last week, we ran through the first 24 teams in the league, giving you the big-picture, high-level look at them ahead of the new season, which kicks off tomorrow. On this episode, we're going to be doing the same thing with the final five teams alphabetically in Major League Soccer, looking ahead to their new seasons, while also tossing out a few predictions for the season to come. It's going to be a busy episode. This whole season is going to be busy for us over at Backheel.com. Go check out all of our in-depth previews for all 29 teams in the league, and now a tactical breakdown of every team in the league as well in bite-sized fashion. That's all over on Backheel.com. Check that out and subscribe right now for a 20% discount. Now, without any further ado, let's get to it and finish up these previews. Folks, the next preview, the San Jose Earthquakes. They are entering their second season, San Jose, under manager Luchi Gonzalez. The big question for them is, will their offseason moves be enough? Will those offseason moves be enough to help them really separate from the rest of the Western Conference, or at least most of the playoff bubble teams in the Western Conference? The Quakes ditched underperforming DP Jamiro Montero. He is out of contract. They went out to sign Amal Pellegrino from Norway, who put up ridiculous numbers on the wing for Bodo Glimt over in the Norwegian top flight. 24 and 25 goals over the last two seasons. Only seven of those 49 league goals were penalty kicks. It looks like he is the real deal. We know Christian Espinosa on the right side is the real deal. San Jose made a couple of, of moves adding Portuguese players to their back line as well. There's a lot to like about what they've done over the offseason, still with a DP slot open for the front office to play with, but will it be enough? That's up to Lucha Gonzalez and the rest of this team to decide in 2024. Let's move to the Seattle Sounders. We know the Sounders are going to be a really good team this year. The question for Seattle is not, are they going to be good? The question is, will they be great? And a lot of that seems to rest on the shoulders of a young Argentine winger, Pedro de la Vega, brought in as a young DP over the offseason. He is sort of the Nico Ladero replacement, but not really. Ladero was the best and most consistent chance creator for this team, even still last year, as he was being phased out of the lineup come playoff time. The Sounders don't have another one of those players. Albert Rusnak has not been that player since he arrived in Seattle. You know, and, and that applies even to when he's played as a pure number 10 for this team. And De La Vega isn't a 10. He's a winger. He finished in just the 32nd percentile in expected assisted goals per 90 minutes in Argentina last year during his time as a winger out for Lanús in the top flight. He's not a string puller number 10. He's still not really a well-rounded attacker, period. It certainly feels like for the Sounders that a lot of their new season will rest on how good De La Vega can be. They don't need him to be good for the Sounders to be a 60-point team in the Western Conference and finish on top of the West. But the Sounders probably need something special from him to be a real, genuine, great team in 2024. Let's move to St. Louis City. The expansion season was a massive success. A lot of folks, myself included, thought it was going to be a slog rather than a triumph. And yet it was absolutely a triumph for St. Louis City in their Major League Soccer debut. Now that opponents know what to expect, though, what does St. Louis have in store for an encore? That's the, that's the big question for this team not a ton of high-profile offseason additions for Lutz van Steel and the rest of this club. Instead, it was mostly low-profile moves. They lost Nico Joachini and didn't really replace his goal scoring. They're hoping for something more from João Klaus and Sam Adenarin. That doesn't feel like the worst bet to make. 
But this team didn't go out and really reinforce when it comes to their squad trying to stay up towards the top of the Western Conference. There is some sort of drop coming. Teams aren't going to you know, hit the ball into the back of their own net nearly as often this year as they did last year. And St. Louis haven't really put their foot on the gas any harder to resist that drop. But this team can still be very dangerous. Bradley Carnell's tactical approach makes them dangerous. It made them differentiable from basically day one in Major League Soccer. What is the encore going to look like? Well, St. Louis are going to have to answer that question for us as this year gets moving. Now, we're ending this off in Canada with Toronto FC, and then we'll touch on Vancouver. Toronto ended last season in clear, clear need of a rebuild. They won the wooden spoon. They were the worst team in Major League Soccer by quite some distance. Now we are just one day away from the start of a new season, and very little has changed for Toronto FC. They shifted their manager and John Herdman at the end of last season. He coached the decision day loss to Orlando City and nothing else. Both of the Italians are still here. They couldn't get them off the books. It seems like, given the lack of moves that they've made, that they don't have a ton of roster flexibility and that nobody really wants their players. If John Herdman can motivate one or both of the Italians, this team could be very dangerous in the Eastern Conference. The expectation, though, for me and from a lot of folks in and around the league is that that is probably not going to be the case for Toronto FC this year, who are staring in the face a difficult 2024. To finish up our previews, the Vancouver Whitecaps, the spine is so, so good. It is elite at Major League Soccer. Brian White was one of the most valuable players at any position in MLS last year. Ryan Gold is a guy that you can rely on to give you 10 and 10 or more than that. Andres Kubas in midfield is one of the best number sixes in all of Major League Soccer. The center back core is strong. They have some quality on the wings as well and in central midfield. There's so much to like about this team. There is also stuff not to like about this team. They are inconsistent both tactically and on dead balls. Their inability to defend set pieces killed them against LAFC last season in the first round of the playoffs over in the Western Conference. If this Vancouver team can sort out their inconsistencies and Vanny Sartini can take a deep breath and give them consistent tactical principles to work from and work on the dead ball stuff in training, this team could be the third best team or, or even better in the Western Conference. They have the quality to do that. Is Sartini the right man to get them there? I have questions. All right, folks, that is all 29 teams previewed over our last now three episodes, including this one. Go check out backheel.com for the rest of our preview coverage. Tons of good stuff over there. Before we leave off in this episode, though, I want to toss out a few predictions to wet your whistle for the new season. I want to start with the Supporter Shield, the trophy that goes to the team that plays oftentimes the best and most consistently excellent soccer, the team that finishes with the most points in the regular season. My Shield prediction is the Columbus Crew. You know, look, Inter-Miami are going to dominate so many of these discussions, but without Messi for probably a fifth of the season, if Argentina make a deep run in the Copa America, you know, I think Columbus are going to have the longevity and the consistency to start where they left off last season by winning MLS Cup, by being, for my money, the best team in all of Major League Soccer last year. The crew are going to pick up mostly where they left off. They're going to be incredibly strong. Cucho Hernandez is a legit MVP candidate. There's so much to like about this crew team. I think the Eastern Conference is the better conference. I think the Shield winner will absolutely come from the East, and the crew are my pick for this year's Supporter Shield. Now let's talk about MLS Cup, where I do have Inter-Miami winning this whole darn thing. Like I said, I don't think they're going to have the consistent availability in terms of their top players to win the Shield. But man, I think it would be extremely foolish to bet against Inter-Miami for an MLS Cup win. Is this team perfect? Absolutely not. In MLS, you cannot have a perfect team. Even Inter-Miami can't have a perfect team, even when they tried to have 12 different DPs a few years back. They still didn't have a perfect team. That is not how the MLS roster rules work. But man, in a single elimination game, as you get deeper and deeper into the playoffs, 
Nobody is going to count out this Inter-Miami team. No one is going to bet against this Inter-Miami team. We saw in League's Cup last year. We saw in the U.S. Open Cup run. Lionel Messi can win you those kinds of games, and the talent around him is too great for this team not to end the year with an MLS Cup. Let's move on to the best non-Lionel Messi attacker in Major League Soccer because Messi will probably win the MVP award and he will probably be the best attacker when he's on the field in Major League Soccer. I've got Aaron Bupenza down as both my golden boot winner and the best non-Messi attacker in MLS. Bupenza was absolutely fantastic for Cincinnati last year. Incredibly dynamic, strong, technical. I'm curious to see how his dynamic changes in the front line with Brendan Vasquez off to Liga Mekis. But man, Bupenza looked like the real deal after arriving from Saudi Arabia last year. Newcomer of the year, I'm giving to Emil Forsberg, arriving with the New York Red Bulls from the Leipzig branch of the Red Bull family. He's going to be a perfect option in the attacking midfield for Sandro Schwartz. He can play in the half spaces or in a more central spot. Forsberg will be a clear upgrade and he will change what this team can do and how they convert in the final third. Finally, young player of the year. Let's go over to the Western Conference. I'm giving this to Christian Oliveira. Young Uruguayan winger, likely going to start on the right side of Steve Chirondolo's attack this season. He was very, very good when it came to creating goal-scoring chances for himself towards the end of last year. All of the tools that you want from a young winger in a league like MLS, where there just aren't a lot of talented wingers, period. Oliveira will stand out. He'll stand out for LAFC. There's a ton of top talent in the league this year. There's a lot of quality young players. But I've got my money on Oliveira to take in this year's Young Player of the Year award. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our MLS season preview coverage here on the Backheeled Show. If you want more, though, and a lot more, go check out Backheeled.com. Predictions, season previews, tactics, features, explainers, so much stuff over on the site. Go check that out. But for now, I'm leaving you here, and we'll be back again later this week. We'll be right back.